0: Hey everybody, it's Brother Mike. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the Sunday Night Replay. We hope that the message will be a blessing to you and that God will speak to your heart through His Word. Matthew chapter number 28 tonight. Matthew chapter number 28. And you find your place there in the Word of God. I want you to stand up with me tonight. And we're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I want to deal with something tonight. I hope that will be a help to us along the way. And uh, teach us something a little bit from God's Word tonight. And so Matthew chapter number 28, and I want to begin reading in verse number 18, and let's read down through verse number 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you how, always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I don't know about you, but I love reading verse number eighteen. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All what power? I don't know about how many of you thankful you serve an Almighty God tonight. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And here's the word I want us to focus in on tonight. Baptizing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Tonight with the help of the Lord, I want to preach and teach on this subject tonight. The importance of believer's baptism. The importance of believer's baptism baptism let's pray together our gracious heavenly father i pray that you'd help us in the moments that we have together that lord you would teach us your word tonight god i know there may be people tonight, underneath the sound of my voice who have been saved but not baptized god i know people who have been in church their whole life that have never even understood the importance of believers baptism And I pray tonight, God, would you teach us from your word, and we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. Baptism was one of the most important and meaningful, beautiful experiences in your Christian life. Now, I'm not talking about church tradition. We're not going to talk about church tradition. We're going to talk about believer's baptism tonight. This is fine. We're going to find out this is not a Baptist doctrine, but believer's baptism is a Bible doctrine tonight. Some say baptism is just incidental, but it just doesn't make any difference. Listen, baptism is not incidental, it is fundamental. Always learn, never minimize what God has maximized. Never minimize what God has maximized. When you see the word baptism in your Bible, the word baptize, it means to immerse. It means to take all the way under. So tonight, I want us to study God. Listen, I know people who have been in church their whole life, and they'll tell me something like this, I've never heard a message on baptism. I know people who go to church, and they go to a Baptist church, but they have no idea why they are Baptists. Do I just like the music at that place, or I like the preacher at that place, but they have no idea what they believe. But let me say this, tonight I hope that we'll learn something along the way. What is this thing about baptism and why is it important in my life? So let's talk a little bit about that. So the word baptism, the method of baptism is to immerse. It means to put totally under the water. That's the baptism that the Bible teaches. It doesn't teach sprinkling. It doesn't teach sprinkling. It teaches all the way under to immerse, to put fully under the water. As we go through the Bible, we'll find this out. Look at Mark chapter number one. I hope you'll keep your Bible open. We'll do some Bible flipping here and looking at these. And look at Mark chapter number one, verse number nine and ten. Mark chapter number one, verse number nine and verse number ten. And the Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, look at this, and it was baptized of John, where? In the Jordan. Now notice verse number 10. And straightway coming what? Up out of the what? Which means he had to be in and under the water. So the example of Jesus is that he was in the water, and he was coming up out of the water, and that's when the heaven was opened up. That's when the Spirit of God descended like a dove, and that's when the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. If you flip over to the book of Acts, chapter number 8, look at Acts chapter number 8. We have the account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. How many of you know that God sent Philip out to the desert to witness to one man? And he joins this man's chariot. And as he joins this man's chariot, he is reading the scroll of Isaiah. He just happened to be in Isaiah chapter number 53. Philip jumps up there on that chariot. And this man's saying, who is he talking about? Is this prophet talking about some man, some other man? Who's he talking about? The Bible says that Philip jumps up there in that chariot and he preaches unto him Jesus. He just starts there at that text and he tells him about Jesus. Now notice what the Bible says here in verse number 35. And Philip opened his mouth and began with the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to what? Stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he what? Baptized him. So what do we see from the example of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? That baptism comes after salvation. It's not about a convenient faith, it's about a consecrated faith. How many of you know he's walking through there and saying, hey, here's water, let me just get baptized. He said, ho, 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 let's don't put the, the, the cart in front of the horse. You can go get baptized, but if all you do is get baptized and you don't get saved, guess what? All you did was get wet. So here in the example of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, he says, baptism's gonna come after salvation you confess you get saved and then you follow the Lord and this is why we call it believer's baptism he did not sprinkle the Ethiopian eunuch he got out and they got in the water he baptized him and it came after salvation you flip over to Acts chapter number 10 you have another account of a man by the name of Cornelius Remember, Cornelius is the one who sends uh, for Simon Peter. Simon Peter shows up at this Gentile's house and fixing to take the keys and unlock the door to the gospel to the Gentiles. And Simon Peter is preaching. And guess what happens, to old Cornelius? He gets saved under the preaching, and he gets born again. He gets the Holy Spirit, and there ain't a single ounce of water attached to it. He gets saved he gets the holy ghost and after that transpires the bible says that peter commanded commanded cornelius and his house to be what baptized so what's it laying out here i get saved and when i get saved i get the holy ghost has nothing to do with my salvation but i'm following the lord in believers baptism it takes place after salvation And now here I am following in obedience to the commission or the command that God has given. So he lays out the example. The example of Jesus. They're in the water baptized. What do we learn from uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? It comes after salvation. What do we learn from Cornelius? Because once you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with the water has not a thing to do with the water. (laughs) For all you Church of Christ people who are listening to the podcast, it has nothing to do with the water. There are people who built movements on the fact it had something to do, had nothing to do with it. He got saved, he got the Holy Ghost, and then Peter went down there and he baptized him. So you say, well, preacher, what is so important about believer's baptism? What is the importance of it tonight? So tonight I want to give us three reasons real quickly why we ought to follow the Lord. And notice I say believer's baptism because it takes place when? After salvation. If you don't get anything else tonight, I want you to take that home with you. When does a person get baptized? After salvation. We believe in believer's baptism. Here are three reasons to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Number one, because when I get baptized, there is a master to confess. There is a master to confess. Because when I get baptized, I am identifying with Jesus when you are baptized. It is a confession. So when a person gets baptized, this is what they're saying. I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. It is an outward confession of an inward decision. I'm going to back up and say that again. When a person gets baptized... It is an outward confession. It is a way that they confess outwardly of the inward decision that has taken place in their life. So what does it do? So when a person steps into that water, guess what they're saying? I am identifying, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Because as they're standing in that water, they make a cross. You got the horizontal line and you have the vertical line they're standing there make I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin I believe that he was buried and I believe that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and they are confessing to a world out there in front of them I'm confessing that Jesus died for me. I'm confessing that he was buried for me. I'm confessing that he rose again to be my savior. And I'm testifying to you I am confessing for what Jesus Christ has already done in my life personally. I now am declaring him publicly. Let me say this. There's something wrong with a believer somewhere that does not want to identify with Jesus Christ. But you think about what he has done for me and how he has forgiven me of my sins and how he took my place on that cross. The least I can do is identify with him in believer's baptism. Lord, I'm thankful that you died for my sins according to the scriptures. Lord, I'm thankful that you were buried according to the scriptures. And Lord, I want to bless your name that I don't serve a, a dead God, but I serve one who rose and is alive forevermore. And there is a master that we confess there was a little boy one time and he was over there in children's church and he got saved over there and so the teacher said listen you need to go tell the preacher that you got saved and you're ready to be baptized and so that little boy was so excited I mean he come running through that auditorium about knocked two old people down as he was running down through that hall he come running he found that preacher he said Mr. Preacher Mr. Preacher I got to tell you I got saved, and now I'm ready to be advertised. (laughs) But you know, when we get saved, we ought to be ready to be advertised. Let me tell you for what he has done in my life. And every time a person gets saved, they follow the Lord in believer's baptism, there is a master that they confess. Let me ask you a question. Let's apply this. What kind of testimony have I told the world? See, that's why I think it was so exciting for these kids to get baptized at camp. Chris messaged me and said, "What do you think about these kids wanting to get baptized at camp?" I said, "Great." Yeah. If Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch by the side of the road, I ain't got no problem. Don't have to be in no baptistry. And it was all in front of their peers. What better place yeah. to testify of what God has done in their heart. And I said, as long as their parents are cool with it, I am great with it. Because I did not want some ugly, uh, mean parent to show up and holler at him. But I sure am thankful for what God was doing in their heart, because you know what they're saying? I just want to confess of what he's done in my life. And here's the way that I do it, by following him in believers' baptism. There is a master. To confess. Notice number two, another reason to follow Lord and Believers baptism. Number two, there is a message to convey. Not only is there a master to confess, there is a message to convey. What message do we convey through baptism? We convey the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You cannot get that from sprinkling. (laughs) That's right. You get that through what going all the way under, and it is a picture. It is a type of the death, the bear, and that is the message that is being conveyed. It would be like me having uh, somebody come up to me, Jeff coming up to me, say, "Show me a picture of your wife." And so I pull out a picture of a car. I pull out a picture of a house. Said, "I thought you were going to show me a picture of your wife." Oh, I thought any picture would do. When we, don't do it, when we don't do it God's way, That's good. you know what we're just saying to everybody else? Any old picture will do. Any old picture. No, 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 no. I want to do it justice. I want to do it God's way because it pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let's apply this a little bit further down where we live. Now, you remember when you got married? And some of you say, oh, yeah, I certainly do remember. And uh, the, the uh, preacher gave you, you, you exchanged the rings. And, you know, you, do you have to wear your wedding ring to say that you're married? No. Wedding ring, <laughs> Rick does, but all the rest of us don't. <laughs> um, I'm still married whether I have it on or off. But why... Do I wear the wedding ring so everybody else knows that I'm married? Do I have to be baptized to be saved? No. But why do I want to follow the Lord and believers' baptism? Because I want everybody else to know that I'm saved. The message, the identification, I'm identifying there is a message of identification through baptism. There's a message of emancipation through baptism. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. One of the things we'll say when a person is baptized, we're buried in the likeness of his death and we're raised to walk in newness of life because Christ hath made me free, whom the Son is made free They are free indeed. And every time a person is baptized, there's the message of identification, but there is a message of emancipation, that I am free in Christ. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who sets the captives free, that we don't have to live in bondage anymore? We don't have to live a slave anymore. We don't have to live hooked to that habit anymore, but I sure am thankful that there is newness of life with Jesus Christ. Christ and what a message to display to this world that's hooked in with habits that's hooked in with sin that's hooked into the bondage of this old world. Listen, this world can't make you free. Drugs can't make you free. Liquor cannot make you free. Pornography cannot make you free. But I do know one who can make you free and you can walk in newness of life from this point forward. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ came into your life one day, broke the bondage Just sin and you can live in the freedom that he has promised whom the son has set free they are free indeed man there is the message of emancipation there's the message of identification but then there's also a a third message to convey not only do we see the message of identification and the identification and emancipation think about this third one that that it displays It, it also displays the message of doctrine and, and what we believe. Do you realize when a person gets saved, they, they, they display a couple of messages about our faith, our belief, our convictions? Not only the message of uh, emancipation and the message of identification, but also of conviction. Because we've already said, it pictures Calvary. You can't miss it. It pictures Calvary. But you know what else it teaches? It teaches resurrection. Think about the doctrine that is taught in baptism Calvary, resurrection, Pentecost, newness of life, and the second coming. All are displayed in baptism. Think about it. All four of those are taught in baptism. Calvary, Christ died for my sins according to Scripture, bare rose skin to be my Savior. We know about that one. Resurrection, we serve a risen Savior. Now, if that don't fire you up, we serve a risen Savior. Pentecost, that we have newness of life. What is that? Christ in me The hope of glory. The newness of life is not in my ability. The newness of life is that Christ is in me. The hope of glory. But do you realize that baptism speaks of the second coming? How does it speak of the second coming? Then we which are alive remain. Those dead in Christ are going to do what? Rise first. How many times have we gone to a cemetery and we put a loved one down in the ground? And we say something like this, we'll see you in the morning because we believe that grave ain't the end, but they are coming up out of that grave. And I got news for you. When that person is identifying with Christ's death, burial, resurrection, baptism, it pictures the second coming. That liquid grave ain't going to hold them forever, but they're coming up. How many of you are thankful that there is a better day coming for the child of God, there is a message to, hey, this thing's getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? It's more than just running over and having somebody jump into a baptistry and dunking them, isn't it? There's a master to confess, there is a message to convey, and then number three, there is a mandate to complete. Jesus Christ gave us this mandate. It is His great commission, His Final words, he's fixing to go off, and he tells them. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, go baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. If you want a little Bible study, here's something to take home with you. It did not say names. It said name. One God who exists in three persons. (laughs) Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Do you see that in your Bible? Matthew 28, it said, Name, Father, Son, which is one God who exists in three persons. So here is the mandate to to complete. What is it? Being obedient to the Lord's command. You say, Why is that so important? Because let me tell you where you find joy in the Christian life in obedience. You find a joy in the Christian life as you obey what God has told you to do. You don't find a whole lot of joy in disobedience. You find joy in fruitful life in being obedient. Let me ask you a question. It's baseball season and the Braves are winning, so it's a happy time at my house. I had on my Braves cufflinks links this morning and all that good stuff because they're winning right now. Now, when in the 80s, when they were losing 110 ball games, I still was a Braves fan, but I wouldn't be wearing no cufflinks with their name on it. What kind of joy would a player get for him to hit the ball and run those bases, but decide he's going to run from home plate to second base? I'm not going to do it by the rules i'm going to do it by my way well he's going to get out but i'm going to tell you something the coach of that team is not going to come over there and say oh you know it's okay no no i don't know what kind of ball coach you have i would have a ball coach that would chew me up one side and down the other and say boy what are you doing don't you know you got to go to first base and second base, then third base, before you come home? What, well, coach, I just wanted to do it my way. Do you know what my way will get you on a baseball team? A seat beside me on the bench, my friend. <laughs> I had a uniform, but I didn't let it bother me, man. I got my seat over there. I had the best seat on the whole team right up there. Got my sunflower seeds, man. I mean, I'm having the time of my life. You do something that stupid, you're going to have a seat right beside me. And the coach is not going to be your friend. But can I tell you something? Where is joy in the Christian life? It's when we start doing it God's way. See, this is what I learned about the Christian life. If we will walk in the light that God has given to us, do you know what God gives us? Greater light. And if I'm not willing to take the first steps of obedience with the Lord, why is he going to give me any more light? I'm having a hard time in this Christian life. Well, let's back the truck up there, Sparky, and let's think for a moment. (laughs) How am I doing with these first steps? Am I going through and I'm touching the bases and being obedient? Or have I made up my mind, Nah, that's not for me? I don't have to do that. No, if you want to find joy and you want to find fruitfulness in the Christian life, you know what you'll find? Let me stay obedient to him. Is it necessary for salvation? No. But is it necessary for joy and fruitfulness? Yes. And you'll find it in obedience. Now, I know that's a bad word in this world in which you and I live, but I want to tell you something. It's a great biblical word. Obedience. Because it is tied to joy. You know what Jesus said? If ye know these things, he says this in John 15, Happy are ye if ye do them. Amen. Years ago, Roy Lucas, his dad, I've known his dad since I was a teenager, uh, worked out there as a mechanic. And i never forget, uh, Roy's dad started coming to church. And he came to me one day, he said, Preacher, I'm saved, but I, I need to get baptized. I said, okay, so we set it up, and this man was probably at this time in his 70s. I mean, been saved for a while in his 70s. He said, I need to follow the Lord in Believer's Baptism. I said, okay, went down there and baptized him, took him and stood him in that water, put him underneath that water and brought him back up, and that man lifted it. He went, whoa, threw them hands up, threw them arms around me. I didn't know what was going on. And you could just tell there's just something about when you do life God's way that's joyful, that's happy, that's fruitful. And a lot of times in our Christian life, when we wonder how come I get dry, times I get discouraged, go back and ask myself, am I living in obedience like he wants me to live? Not just, you can take this beyond baptism. Am I living in obedience like He wants me to live? Because that's where joy, that's where fruitfulness, that's where that peace is connected, in your and my obedience. And it's not something that's a little marginal, no, no. It's something that it says, when I get in that water, I've got a master that I want to confess. Let me tell you about my Jesus. There is a message to convey to this world that what he's done in my life, he can do in your life. But there is a mandate to complete because that's where the joy, that's where the fruit, uh, that's where the peace is connected in being obedient to Jesus Christ. Lessons we learn from Believers Baptist. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you for listening so well. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I have been saved, but I have not been baptized. Tonight, I want you to, right there in front of you, there's one of those connection cards. I want you to grab one of those cards and just name, address, and maybe on the back, there's a, there's a box there for baptism. Check it. Check it. We'll get in touch with you this week. We'll schedule it and... Uh, and I want you to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you're here tonight, and the moment the invitation is gonna be given. Let me tell you where that joy, where that peace, where that fruit, in obedience. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Maybe tonight, God help me to get obedient in the things I know to do. Help me to serve you, Lord, with obedience. Listen, we've got a bastard to confess. Not just in baptism, every day that we live, we've got a master to confess. We've got a message to convey. You realize that this lost and dying world, where you go to work tomorrow, you've got a message to convey. We've got a mandate to complete. Go, tell them about Jesus. Oh, that ought to be the drive of our heart tonight. God, help us. Help us to be faithful till he comes. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you tonight, Lord, and I thank you for your many blessings. And, Lord, I know tonight was just a basic Bible study. But, God, I'm thankful, Lord, the truths that are in that Bible study. God, so many times we just go through the motions, and we think people know all this stuff. Lord, they really don't. God, we're good at telling people what to do, but not telling them why. Letting them know, where does the Bible say about this? But God, tonight, maybe there's somebody underneath my voice tonight who's been saved, but they need to follow you in believer's baptism. God, I pray they'd make that decision, follow you. Lord, there may be a Christian tonight underneath the sound of my voice. Maybe they don't have that joy where they once had joy, that fruitfulness where they once had that fruitfulness. But God is going back to obedience. Help us to do what we know to do. Happy are you if you do these things. God, help us tonight. Lord, we love you. Lord, we do. Help us now in Jesus' name.